Welcome to SPR, Scholastic Public Radio, a series of podcasts specifically designed to build your product knowledge and enhance your selling strategies. Today, we're excited to continue our series on early learning and pre-K. In our first episode, we discussed the pre-K landscape and how to begin conversations with our early learning partners. Today, in part two, we're going to talk about who to contact in a district, and we're going to look more closely at the different types of pre-K programs and the funding sources for each. I'm Rebecca Danilchak, Director of Learning Design and Professional Learning, and joining me today is Jimmy, is Jimmy Brem, Vice President of Academic Planning and Solution Development, and Kathy Yount, Director of Early Learning for the East. Welcome, Jimmy and Kathy. Kathy, let's get right into this topic. While we support a wide variety of schools in our K-12 work, the focus is on public schools. What should our focus be for pre-K? Thanks, Rebecca. Um, great question. And the number one funding source for pre-K, you're going to find primarily around state-funded pre-K. And that's what provides the districts their early learning budgets. So with that, we should be going into the offices of the early learning directors when we're already in our accounts. And then the second funding source that's going to be really important in this space is federal Head Start programs. So in the landscape right now, it's really interesting. We're seeing more pre-K and Head Start programs in school districts where the funding is braided. So many districts are now going to have Head Start grantees along with the state pre-K. Okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, school districts may have district-funded pre-K and Head Start-funded pre-K at the same time and maybe even in the same buildings? Yep, it definitely can happen. And the school district is purchasing resources and professional learning for both using both pots of money. So you can ask directly, does your district have a Head Start partnership? You also are going to want to ask about the various ways the pre-K classes are funded. And also very importantly, if they have separate classes for their ESE that are funded through special education funds. Okay, um, so in these cases, are there different people typically managing each program and those purchases, or does this all fall to a single person who oversees pre-K? So in this space, it really depends district to district. So it could be a Title I director, it could be a pre-K director, it could even be an assistant superintendent. It's going to be different everywhere you go, which is why if you ask the questions around budget, that and who leads those initiatives, that's going to be the crucial question to ask. Well, that makes sense. So then what about private providers? So another good question. Uh, the AEs in the field, they just don't have the time or the bandwidth to work individually with each of these in the territory. So Ernesto and I have relationships with corporate entities that you might have heard of, like Bright Horizons and the La Petites. We also outreach to early learning coalitions in various states as well as state quality rating directors. So that piece is pretty well covered by us. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> so um, we really just need to focus on the school districts then. Um, so what if though meeting with a pre-K director is a new experience? Mm. How do we get that meeting? Jimmy, what do you suggest? Uh, yeah, outstanding. Um, it is a, a slightly different experience than what you'll see in, in some of the other meetings we more uh, have more generally, but uh, Kathy mentioned state funding earlier, but many of the pre-K programs um, across states and across the country are at least partially funded through IDEA money and Title I money. 
So with our special education directors and our Title I coordinators, we have relationships with people who are at least affiliated with the pre-K programs themselves. So that's a great start if you already have those uh, contacts for you to be able to figure out who is managing pre-K and making purchasing decisions uh, for pre-K within the districts that we're currently working with. And I also think it's really important, Rebecca, to talk when we talk about meeting with pre-K and pre-K directors, that the scope of the work of a pre-K director can be very different. And some of the smaller districts uh, we work in or that you'll come across, we'll find that the pre-K director is managing a full pre-K through five program. But in our larger districts, a lot of times, you'll get somebody who's singularly focused on pre-K. That's the one focus that that individual has. And with those, you you get pre-K directors who are very, very knowledgeable about pre-K because that's a singular focus. So you have to enter those conversations with essential questions that demonstrate your interest in learning about their work and desire to value their time and expertise. A pre-K director can be very different than talking to a CAO because of that singular focus. Jimmy, you're absolutely right. They really know their stuff. So you're spot on on that. As far as getting the meeting, if you're new to a territory or there's been a leadership change in a district and you don't have those relationships yet, I would ask the person I have the best relationship with in the district to make that introduction. We've also had some success and found that a call or an email around our culturally responsive library collection and or pre-K lit camp, that can catch their attention and really um, provide a possible opportunity for a meeting. That's a great idea, Kathy, because I I know those two items um, are especially popular in districts right now. Um, But we also, we have a wide variety of early learning products and programs um, to offer as solutions. So, what questions should we ask in these early conversations to start to identify those specific needs or gaps that they may have? So I'm going to let Jimmy share what was most effective from his time as a district administrator. But for me, I always simply ask, have you implemented a curriculum? And if so, what is most effective about it? And where do your teachers need additional support? Their current curriculum tells me a lot about their approach. And also, what do you feel are your teacher's greatest challenges in the classroom? And importantly, I also want to know about the professional learning that they're doing for their pre-K teachers. And just from those few questions, I learn a lot about their needs and how we may be able to support them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always important to figure out what the professional learning needs are. And, you know, I think it's important to understand, uh, Kathy and Rebecca, when we go into those conversations, if you're talking to a CAO, assistant superintendent, or some other leader uh, at the top level of a district, they have a vast level of responsibility. Um, And they all have a vision that they've spent a long time crafting. And they are sure of that direction. I've worked with a lot of CEOs and uh, just left the CAO position myself. And I can assure you that every CAO or uh, curriculum director has a very strong vision that they have already formed and are working every single day within their district to push forward. So a question that I think is really powerful to start with and one I always appreciated as a CAO is um, when they ask my vision. So when we talk about pre-K, I think it's a great first question to say, Uh, Something along the lines of there's so many regulations around pre-K right now. If you didn't have these, what would it look like for you? What is your vision of pre-K in this district? 
Um, and that's going to allow us to get an answer that shows us what's truly important to that person personally. And once we know what that person values in that position, uh, we can figure out as a partner how to support them and really what they value. And if we have that piece of information, that is a tremendous information to take back to Kathy and Ernesto and let them really craft the solution in a way that supports um, that vision. Um, I, I also want to give bad examples, and I only do this because I think sometimes that's positive when we talk about visions and the importance of it. Um, I, I know we don't do this at Scholastic, but if we sit down with a product to share and kind of try to push that vision on a, a chief academic officer, that doesn't always go um, extremely positive. I've had some really negative meetings before where um, where it starts off with blah, 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 district really feels this way. Don't you feel that way as well? And and that's not very positive way to, for me to start um, a relationship or really feel like they're there to partner with what I want. So I think it's very important that we come in and really seeking what that person's uh, vision is. Um, and if I keep my CAO hat on again for just a minute, um, it's important if someone asks me about the data that I value. Uh, a good question around preschool is what data are you collecting on students and what are you seeing are the trends? What do you want to be seeing in your pre-K program? Uh, the, the fact is, is that the data is what keeps district leaders up at night. And the answer to that question really helps us uncover the needs for that district. Um, and lastly, to go back to the professional learning that Kathy was talking about, I think continuing the conversation uh, with professional learning can be very effective. So I'd recommend questions such as, what time is available for professional learning and how is that structured within your district? What modes of delivery do you prefer for professional learning? What has been most effective and where do your teachers have needs for additional supports? Uh, those all create a picture of the professional learning for pre-K, which can differ. In the district I just left, the pre-K program was four days a week, which gave us a fifth day every week to do professional learning with our pre-K teachers. That's a very different professional learning method than a place that doesn't have that opportunity. And we need to look for more embedded professional learning in the products or virtual options versus in-person. That's great insight, Jimmy. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, just as you suggested, we would never focus on a product initially in a meeting um, or those early conversations. But based on what you uncover through your questions, um, you know, as you pose them to these district leaders, there may be a request to hear about what we offer. Um, so if you both could share with me, what should we be talking about with our early learning partners at that point? to best position both our supplemental early learning products, but also our new comprehensive program, Pre-K on My Way. So Rebecca, um, as we shared, as long as we're asking those really important questions that can help us kind of craft our, our roadmap for them. I've previously mentioned like the libraries and Lit Camp as great door openers. Cozy Corner is another really great resource that can lead into really, really rich conversations and any Pre-K would welcome because it's providing those instructional supports and that social emotional component that's so crucial and that likely account executives are going to hear about from those pre-K directors. And then once we further understand their needs, we definitely need to be asking specifically around how they view oral language development. Yeah. Every district really wants to hit that out of the park because that can move the needle greatly for the pre-K children. And that leads into the opportunity to discuss pre-K on my way, where the new program has 
richly incorporated the research-based developing talkers as part of the curriculum. And you'll be hearing more about that later. Yeah, developing talkers is a great code word for pre-K people. Um, I also think in that same vein, Kathy, is when we uh, talk about our partnership with Yale. And, and that's not a product, of course, but it is a partnership that will be very important to a lot of our customers, especially those who identify that need around social emotional learning. Scholastic and the Yale Study Center, we've, become, we've come together to form the Collaborative for Child and Family Resilience. And that collaborative is dedicated to our shared belief in the power of story, which right there, the power of story resonates so strongly with our pre-K customers. And it allows us to build community resilience and improve academic and mental health outcomes for children, which is on the minds of all pre-K programs across the country. So the collaborative works to advance research, promote social emotional learning and teaching strategies, and contribute to the creation of resources, programs, and curricula, why supporting child and family resilience. So for our customers that are familiar with that, that's a really great piece to have in the arsenal to make sure that we share that with them. Well, all of that information, um, incredibly helpful. Thank you so much, Kathy and Jimmy. Um, you've both provided um, such good information that's hopefully gonna guide conversations with our school and district partners and help us to position our early learning resources that address their particular needs. In part three of our early learning series, we're gonna talk more about the different types of assessment used in pre-K settings, how these impact funding and um, program selection and what we have done to align to those. So thank you account executives for tuning in to today's episode.